Welcome to the Strategy Show. We explore with real people how to develop and deploy strategies that work. We discover how they overcome obstacles along the way, balancing both achievement and fulfillment. We dive into the most powerful routines, tactics, and strategies and discover how they manage to stay fresh, strong, and happy. This is your host, Simon Severino. Well, welcome, Philip Raffelsberger, to the Strategy Show. Great to have you here. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Philip is a business consultant and he is an expert in large group interventions. I am very happy to have you here, Philip. Um, how are you doing? Just great. Just great. Had a great morning. Had a morning run. Breakfast with my family. And now you and Gregor sitting with me in my living room. Isn't that a pleasant start? It's fantastic. Day? We have the whole house for ourselves. It's a beautiful house. Thank you for having us here. And um, Philip, what were moments in your project the last weeks or months that are um, standing out for you? In my projects last week, um, last week I had um, I had some meetings with. Um, partners of a large, uh, of a large uh, pharma company and um, they were struggling with some issues that really were very meaningful to them and um, so um, when I got in they really were stuck in the situation and I just um, um, asked them some very weird questions with no obvious meaning to them but it helped them a lot to really get out of the situation and to to start smiling about themselves again. And so we got the issue solved within minutes. Mm -hmm. and that was very impressive to all of us. Weird questions. Yeah, weird questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm an expert in weird questions, I believe. For example? Well, um, what was the... I, I would rather... Well, this, the description of a weird question avoids the question from being weird themselves. So you see, they just must come out of the situation and uh, they just happen to pass my brains and uh, then I need to let them out because if I don't, I get stuck myself, which is unpleasant for everybody again. <laughs> so is it, <laughs> is it that you guide yourself by intuition rather than analytical thinking? Well, in those situations, mostly I do. Yeah, yeah. If, if I... If I can't react spontaneously, it's, uh, it's like um, talking through a filter and that prevents from really being in my presence. Mm. So I rather prefer to, to have a great plan and uh, doing analytics and hypothesis before and then acting in the, in the, right in the moment. What are typical questions that such teams bring to you? Typical questions um, in, uh, in business context. Um, typical questions are that um, there are some, uh, some patterns that um, hamper the organization from being effective. Sometimes it is that uh, they really want to take the message to, to all their employees and uh, we find we find a plan we develop an architecture on how to do so sometimes um, as you mentioned before large room interventions are a very good tool to do so 
and um, that's so why I start making strategies and plans and uh, in the end to let them all go instantly and react in the very moment. You said strategies and plans. Yeah. Uh, a, a question that uh, I always ask is how do you find the time to, to make your own strategy and plan during all these operational weekly tasks? Well, um, I think I'm a lucky guy regarding my profession because as I'm mostly working in projects, um, so, so the situation is, uh, is a different situation every once in a while. And uh, when getting in contact for the first time with the situation, Well, you really need to think it over and over again and um, to draw a systemic loop and to do hypothesis and to repeat it and to really focus on strategy and the plan. So um, by nature, by profession, I'm forced to do strategy every once in a while. Yeah. From project to project. From project to project. Yeah, right. Yeah. And do you have a system to decide which project you take or do not take or how many? There is not really a strategy, but um, I know that uh, the degree of freedom I have is very important to me. So um, I really consider it to be a privilege that I can choose uh, which topic I want to deal with, with uh, which clients I would like to choose and uh, which partners I would like to invite in the project. So that's the freedom that really I'm, I'm willing to pay a lot for and because uh, it reduces my, my possibilities uh, as being an entrepreneur and to, to earn much more money than I do, for example. But uh, I really um, find those, those three degrees of freedom very sacred to me. So I'm uh, I'm um, prepared to stick to them. Sounds like you enjoy a lot what you do. Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's. I'm really impressed. You are one of the very small percentage of the population of this world that I know that is always happy and uh, kind of satisfied with with her work, with his work. Uh, how 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 do you do that? Um. Well. Funny hearing you saying that, because I consider myself to be to be to to be sometimes enjoying a melancholic mm -hmm. kind of uh, of spirit in myself really? as well. Yes, but um, um, I think it's it's right exactly the, that kind of freedom that I allow myself to to do with my life that um, makes me feel that wherever I am and whatever I'm doing is right the thing that I chose to do. So whether I like it or I don't, it has been my own choice. And so I can easily accept it. it could it be that people who would be melancholic from by nature yeah. develop strategies, tools to get out of that and that they seem to be much uh, happier than others? Um, well, it's a question of whether they only seem to be or whether they are much happier than others. But um, I'm, I'm fully convinced that uh, 
my profession is just an outcome of a, of a long-term self-therapy, of course, yeah. I think that's maybe one, one of the issues that really make you become great in your profession, yeah. Because just as a, as a resonance, I can tell you when I work with you in projects, yeah. I usually am happier uh, than before. Are you? Yes. Great to hear. Thank yes. you, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> Even now, it's, it's, it's always fun to talk yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's no reason why not to be happy and why not to enjoy what you're doing. And if it gets boring, we are up to change. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. What about um, momentum and uh, boredness, boringness in corporation? And how does that uh, play together with large group intervention? Is is one part of doing large groups um, motivating or entertaining or pushing or what is it that you do when you do large groups well I think um, you know the secret is not to be too strict in your philosophy when approaching to people small group large groups whatever it takes and I I personally know quite a few of colleagues who really uh, want to take large groups seriously to the very end and to strictly be connected to the content and uh, um, really avoiding any kind of uh, animation of, uh, of Club Mediterranean in a large group. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think so. Okay, I think uh, that... Uh, a bit of fun, even if it is animating or, or inspiring people in a, in a very directive way, can be a trigger, can be helpful to allow other moments to get out of the situation. So um, I don't put so much energy into this animation, but sometimes it needs a little kick. And then I'm prepared to give that energy for getting the people, getting the crowd over the wave to allow them to serve for themselves. Mm -hmm. And this little inspiring moments are a trigger to make, uh, to make a large group intervention fly. Mm -hmm. Can you tell for listeners who maybe don't know large interventions that well, kind of one such moment, how, the, how, how does that look like? Um... It's um, one of those moments. Well, I, I like to do some kind of, of um, warm-up activities and I call them uh, WUPL because W-U-P uh, <laughs> is the acronym of warm-up and ERL is the Austrian kind of putting it a little, little more with a smile. And uh, those WUPL are some kind of, um, of joint activities uh, with some physical exercise very brief, no reflection needed afterwards, but uh, certainly with a big smile on all faces. And if you just grab that moment and put it into the next content-wise activity, people keep their smile for the next little workshop session. Mm, I love it. So you start with the body, with the emotion, yeah, and you prepare for the wave. And uh, that's basically one part of the work. And then there is this other part, which is the content and problem solution. But you want them to be in the perfect state in order to grab problems. Yeah, yeah, and it all, all fits. It all melts into each into each other. 
So it's not that we have a five minutes a minute exercise and then a 20 minutes workshop session. It's kind of, um, well, I like the, the metaphor of um, surfing waves because uh, you need to, to get the feeling for the waves and how they behave. You can't control waves, never, you can, but you can study them, you can read them, you can read the matrix of the waves. And um, if you're able to serve these waves, um, it, it provides you with a lot of fun and a lot of efficiency too. Controlling waves. How much is a, a large group of people, um, let's say, um, possible to be controlled, steered? And, yeah. and how much is it just flow and reverberation or resonance? Well, uh, you only can steer large groups with impulses. Mm -hmm. That's kind of moderation, with setting impulses, giving, giving some slight influence to, um, to, to the groups and um, then uh, checking how they react and accordingly provide your next intervention. Do you work with sounds? Of course I do, yeah. <laughs> Which ones? How? Well, I have some, um, some, some sound steering um, over the whole period of an intervention because uh, uh, I like to have signations mm -hmm. so that people um, with a smile on their face remember the little melody and uh, it reminds them of getting back into the workshop room, mm -hmm. to the pleasure dome of the seminar hall. <laughs> And uh, I like some other some other sound bites to to let them check when time is running over for from a session mm -hmm. or all kinds of sound intervention. And uh, there is no specific ones that I always use. Some of them are for the signation. There are, but the others they they are part of the of the strategy of the architecture for the project, which. Um, We always develop in a staff team, so I like I like getting out of routines. So what's really driving me is that uh, no project looks like the other, and um, it's always inventing the moment and the future from the very beginning of the position. So you have the time in your mind, and you have a structure. Uh, you observe the emotional and also bodily situation of the physical situation of the Yeah, of the it's, group. A, it's a kind of sensing into the matrix. Mm -hmm. Sensing of uh, what is going on, what do they need? Is it important to reduce speed or even to get a little more speed into the crowd? Of um, what, what do they deserve and what do they need? Mm -hmm. And to equilibrate both of them. And does it go together? <laughs> yeah, if it goes together, it really there is a kind of uh, flash. That's to where the, the magic happens. Yeah, that's where the magic happens. True. And are there some methods that you like uh, more than others in large groups or formats? Hmm. Yeah. What What I really do like is to to focus on uh, experimental learning whenever possible. So to help people in, instead of discussing theoretically over a topic in to, to allow them to step into, a, into an acting mode, into doing something, into, into describing it with, their, uh, with, their, um, with active performances, with uh, constructions of something and um, 
building uh, canvases, uh, drawing something. So uh, people getting in action and um, reflecting on what they have been doing allows, uh, allows them sometimes to get out of their comfort zones and to just gather positive insights about what they wanted to establish before. You are a very experienced consultant and you are long in business. What would you say to people who want to begin in this field and especially in large group interventions? Uh, what are kind of typical couple of beginners mistakes that they could avoid? Um, beginners mistakes. Um, well, uh, sometimes it's, um, it's a good thing if you just get yourself into the cold water and um, wide, widely out of your personal comfort zone in a, in, a, in a situation where you just have to deal with uh, what is there and you have, haven't had the time to make a good plan before because then you need to react spontaneously and um, either you drown or you survive and uh, if you survive you you've learned a lot so that would be one of my advices just uh, be feelers and get out and try the other one is um, probably to really let go most of the content side while standing in front of the crowd and um, really focusing on uh, what is going on with yourself and what is going on with the audience so in my mind it's a triangle of content yourself and the audience and you need to equilibrate all three aspects and um, what i've observed is that many people really make the mistake on focusing too much on the content on what they want to say and not how and why and um, how it is perceived so uh, letting go this content side and the preparation after you've done a lot of preparation of course having had a good plan and then letting go and being in presence in the very moment might be a very helpful advice are there one or two books about large groups that you can recommend about large groups i i, I myself have written a few articles lately but um, about large groups i can't think of any book where you could study that out yeah i i rather i rather prefer to to recommend uh, to recommend books from uh, paul watzlawick for example mm -hmm. <laughs> whom i admire very much and uh, I, i i know know all his books and i really think they are a good school of living and uh, living in straight contact with yourself and uh, allowing yourself to smile about yourself and so enlarge your personality which one in particular i i love pursuit of unhappiness pursuit of unhappiness yeah yeah that what is it about it's about on how, how to really get unhappy on purpose <laughs> and uh well i gave it to so many people i gave it to all of my family it's like like uh, like a kind of personal little bible of really if, uh, if you haven't studied this book it's it's very difficult to to get clear with me is it the one where <laughs> where the story is with his neighbor and he wants to borrow the a hammer, hammer story, the course. hammer story the yeah. hammer story is in can there. you tell that the little hammer story yeah. 
Well, it just deals about uh, the relationship between two neighbors, um, maybe an unestablished relationship. And uh, one, the, the main actor, is uh, thinking of, um, of borrowing a hammer from his neighbor. And uh, without ever getting in contact with his neighbor, he just um, accomplishes stories in his brains that uh, make him very, very, very sad and very angry with his neighbor. And in a very annoyed motion act, he just gets out and uh, gets the neighbor out of his apartment and uh, cries at him, well, why, why don't you keep your hammer if you don't want to borrow it to me? And the poor neighbor doesn't even have a glimpse of how it came to that situation. It all happened in his head. Yeah, it all happens in your head and you construct your reality. It's kind of constructionism theory, which is the basis of all books of Václavík. Um, uh, you're constructing your reality just in your own brains. Does this also happen in large groups? Well, of course, it's, uh, large groups are nothing else but uh, a joint construction of reality. And still... The, 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 there are differences in, in the perception of all people being there in, in, in this group, in this crowd. And um, allowing them to watch out for, for alternative perspectives is uh, enlarging the chance for, for consents and compromises. So that's what it's all about, mm. to, to strive for a, for a, a, a joint perspective. What is it that you like so much about large groups? It's the dynamics. It's what is going on there. It's, it's about acting without a net, being a juggler, a magician, and anything on stage and, uh, and, and helping people to, to get over their own uh, borders, over their own protections. And um, it's about exchange of energy. Which is, uh, which is putting me in a kind of flow, which I, which I love about myself. It's about having, having an open heart and a twinkle in the eye at the same time. As a mentor of myself, uh, um, Frank Farrelly said once, he's, uh, he's the, the inventor of the provocative therapy. Mm -hmm. Which is not a provocative therapy. Yeah, it's a me. provocative therapy, yeah. but it's not provocant. Yeah, what's the difference? Okay. It's... Uh, it's um, Well, it's not the difference, it's the contrary, actually. Okay? It's, uh, it's like the difference and of, of irony and cynicism, which are, uh, which are the con contradiction of each other, if you really think it over. It's um, having this open heart and the twinkle in the eye really allows you to, to be provocative in a way that irritates people so that they can help themselves out of their comfort zone. And uh, being provocant is just uh, being mean to other people and of being, well, not acknowledging them at all. Open heart and twinkling in the eye. My son, Federico, who is one and a half now. I know him, yeah. yes, of course. Yeah. He, he, can, he can come out of situations, uh, uh, even if he crashes something somewhere, Everybody says, oh, yes, it's no problem. And I know that from myself also. Yeah. I can do things in corporations or saying things to CEOs that nobody could say. Yeah. And that sometimes are really irritating. You can confront them. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but they say, oh, Simon, thank you for asking that. And okay, it was very um, irritating and uh, it was really not... Um, 
uh, we were not enjoying it, but thank you for saying that. So what is this part? When can you be, um, let's say, uh, provocative, uh, pushy, uh, but uh, being helpful and accepted? Well, well, to me, that's, that's fully dependent on, on the attitude you come from. Okay, so if you do it really with an open heart in order to help people, in order to detect something they couldn't see so far, then um, it'll always be accepted. And if I'm not quite sure whether they want to hear that, it's better to ask them before, to mm -hmm. get their allowance mm -hmm. for being uh, mm -hmm. confrontative. Mm -hmm. for, so if, if, you, if you get an order from, from the client, you really can, can give them straight feedback, which they will appreciate. Because I always wonder what makes the difference if an intervention is going to have a positive impact yep. or not. Yep. Uh, it seems like one of your hypotheses is it's about this open heart. So it's about the intention. Intention, attitude you bring with, yes. Yeah. And of course, it's, uh, um, I think it's a lot about your own authenticity. Okay. So if, if you really say something because uh, you feel like saying it and you you feel the need of uh, of allowing the others to know to get an imp to get an, an a notion of um, of what you're thinking then it'll be helpful to the group or to the to the respective person if um, if you have reflected too much before and if there is an intention or an accusation or an explanation or one of those bad things that comes with it they won't uh, appreciate it. How do you observe your inner situation, your inner models, your intention? Because you don't learn that in business school, right? No, you don't. Well, to me, what I mentioned before, helpful is uh, the metaphor of the triangle. So to keep uh, content, my inner self and the audience balanced. And um, that helps me a lot to stick to my presence, to stick to my authenticity when, when being on stage. And um, well, that, that's again, that's a kind of sensing into the matrix. I can't uh, explain it any better, but um, I, I, like, I, I like to do a lot of boat racing when I was younger, skiff boat racing. And... Uh, having so many boats on, on the field, on the lakes, on the sea, approaching a mark, um, there you can't really have a plan or, or some, some strategy on how to get around the mark. But because uh, there's the wind and uh, the rules of the game and the competitors and uh, so much action on the water, you have to control your own boat. There are so many things you need to do in a kind of multitasking mode that you just can act instantly and find the best way or you don't. That's, that's what makes it fun to me. And when you say presence, I imagine yourself preparing, having a, a routine, having time to prepare before the large yeah, group starts. Definitely, How do course. you do that? Um, I sit together with some, some, some colleagues of mine, mm -hmm. with the staff, and... Uh, we just check the actual situation and we reflect on that. We produce a lot of hypotheses and uh, then we just check it out with the, with the clients, how they react on that. And then we make a first draft and a second draft and get more into detail. And we think over some, some great aspects that could um, 
motivate the group to get out of their comfort zone, to have fun while being there. We compare it with uh, with the goals of um, of the meeting of the of, of the of the full strategy the of the goals of the client, and um, then we start preparing the group. And uh, I think the more the larger the group, the more thinking of it in before it needs. And um, many of my colleagues then start to prepare those five minutes mm-hmm. agendas, mm-hmm. Uh, which is helpful if you in the end can get rid of them again which makes which makes it more difficult for the technical crew of course yeah but um, then it it starts to be a juggling game with all with all together with all your staff members together in reaction to what uh, the audience is showing so that's that's the preparation we do and um, we just have a few a few set points and we very carefully check about the environment where these large group, group interventions take place. And um, then the race is on. When the spotlight starts, the race is on. Sounds like one main skill in working with you, in working with large groups, is to learn to become flexible, to improvise. Well, it's rather to be flexible and um, maybe not, not to need to be flexible because you have uh, thought it's over so carefully that the plan will fit. But um, in the end, when it is needed, yes, then you better be flexible because if you aren't, the wave will, will eat you up. Now, some people uh, have a natural way of being uh, prone to improvisation and others, others uh, they struggle with it. Do you have recommendations? How can you improve your your capacity to to improvise, to be in the moment? Um, well, to me, what could be a good hint to be prepared to improvise? Well, if um, if you're a stable, stable stone somewhere and uh, the waves hit you you just uh, get washed out by by this this forces whether if you are a kind of um, flexible rubber boat maybe you just get swapped over maybe but then you can um, enter again and uh, go back to the start or just uh, take the situation as it is but that's not what you asked me exactly so how can you to me, again, it's a kind of attitude you bring with it. And um, if, you, if you get to reduce looking at your inner self too intensely, then you just um, can join the dance. But in fact, I, I realize that I don't have an exact answer on how how to be more flexible in in stressy situations. Not an explicit one, yeah. but, but I hear implicitly <laughs> you have a mental model, yeah. which is non-stone. It is be water, don't be stone. Yes, and it's it's an inner picture, an image that helps you to to be in a bodily state, in an emotional state that is quite open. Yeah, it is open, but. Uh, but under constant body tension, mm-hmm. okay? It's not just a, a weak uh, floating piece of grass in, in the sea. I'm, I'm acting there, but um, I'm not be, being a stone. No. Yeah. 
And um, did you have situations where it was really hard to keep this picture and this state in a group? And how did you come out of that? Hmm. Well, I, I only remember a very, very few, one only in particular, because, um, of course, um, everything in myself tries to avoid those situations because they're so, so uncomfortable that I really can't stand them. And um, what I've learned is that the only thing that gets me out of it is um, calling it by the name immediately. So just letting the audience know what is happening inside of myself, which, uh, um, which needs me to be very courageous. But uh, the inside that if I don't, I, I, lose, I lose the flow then that, that um, allows me to, to go for it. So whenever I have, uh, I have a, a break in myself, I let the others know so that I can get out of my break. How do you frame it? Do you say, uh, can I do some open stuff or... Yeah, that if, if there is a second person in the room, thanks for, for, for helping me out here. Um, if there is another person in the room, I can just uh, um, play the balls towards the other one and uh, let him know why I'm doing so right now. And then we can talk about it and have the audience as listeners about the dialogue that is happening on stage. And this is uh, raising a lot of attention of everybody in the room. And it's allowing myself to, to get up the smile again. And um, what happens if you are alone on there? C can you do the same thing with yourself? Or how do you Well, then I get that? into the dialogue mm -hmm. with, uh, with, with the audience or with some, um, some participants of the audience. And I just, um, just talk to them of what, what is happening right now, what I'm sensing and uh, what hypothesis just um, raise in my brains and uh, what could be possible interventions and having the whole group listening to that little dialogue with some people or with, with just one person maybe um, uh, I can easily swap onto the flow again and then for example have the audience decide on which way to proceed with the class is there a question that you were expecting from us and I forgot to ask? No. I hope you have asked everything you want to know, Simon. <laughs> Thanks for being part of the strategy show. And you, our dear listeners, will find the resources we mentioned, as always, in the show notes as well as on strategiesprints.com. If you want to help others find this show, feel free to leave a comment on iTunes and recommend us in your social networks. Keep rocking. Happy day, Simon. <laughs>